Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Say it tonight as if you believe it. Say, I am, I am anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. John chapter 20 verse 21, So Jesus said to them, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, so also I sent you. How many use you here tonight? And the rest of you are what? Rams. God has anointed each one of us, help me Mr. Soundman, to bring hope to our world, to heal broken hearts, to set captives free, to restore vision to blind sight, to give hope, to bring liberty and freedom to people, to announce the acceptable year of the Lord. What am I saying to you? You're not alive by accident. You have to stop just going through the motions. I think the greatest thing lacking in our world today is purpose. And sadly in the church as well, people just go through the motions. We are anointed. We are appointed. We are chosen by God Himself for this hour. You could have lived a thousand years ago, but God destined for you to be alive tonight, sitting here tonight, listening to this message. You are not an accident. I'll see your mama and your papa. You are here because God chose you before the foundations of the world. He predestined you to be alive, to be a difference maker, to be a world shaker, to be a history maker. You are alive today, not by accident. So stop living your life mediocre, average, beige, boring, without purpose. Stop looking like the world, talking like the world, fitting in with the world and make up your mind. I have a purpose. My life has a purpose. I have been appointed by God. I have been anointed by God for this hour. This is my time. Whether I like it or not, shout amen and give the Lord a praise in the name of Jesus. Come on. No, I said give Him a praise. Hallelujah. So I want you to lift your, your hand tonight and say this, say it. So I'm anointed for a time such as this. Say it. You have to say it because you believe yourself more than you believe me. Say, I'm anointed for a time such as this. Say, I'm anointed for purpose. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. Say it. He has anointed me to set captives free. He has anointed me to restore sight to the blind. Say it. He has anointed me to make a difference in my world. My life has a purpose. The purpose of my life is to tell people about Jesus. I am anointed 
to be a soul winner. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, say amen and give him one more praise. Hallelujah. You know, we don't live from Sunday to Sunday. We live lives of purpose. And we all have a role and a part to play within this assignment of Jesus found in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Each and every one of us, we are called by God. We are graced by God. We are gifted by God. We have a purpose in heaven's assignment. And that is not just to go through life. That is to live a life beyond yourself, to bring hope, healing, deliverance to people. So as a doctor, as a dentist, a medical professional, you're appointed by God to bring healing to your world. Say amen tonight. As a businessman, you are anointed by God to make money, not just for yourself, but to alleviate the pain and suffering in our world and to create jobs in Jesus' name. Amen. I sat with a very, very wealthy businessman. He's in our church. I mean, this man is a multi, multi-billionaire and he was one of the top uh, 10 people invited to go sit with the president. And, uh, 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 and, and we spoke about the answer for poverty. Yes, uh, we can save people. But we, we have to get people saved, but we also have to bring justice, social justice. And that doesn't mean you take from people who have something. That means we need good economy in South Africa. That means we need investments in South Africa. That means we need flourishing businesses in South Africa. That means we need means we need the children of God to be blessed in South Africa. Can you say amen? That means when our children come out of university, they should have 10 job opportunities waiting for them. And I believe God is going to do it by the power of the Holy Ghost when we take our assignment that God gave us in this life. Not businessmen who want to be preachers and preachers who want to be businessmen, but business is a calling. It is a sacred calling, standing in the office of a king. That's why you have to give yourself to it, dedicate it to it. You have to climb the ladder and God's anointing will empower you to climb that ladder to make more money so you can employ more people, so you can eradicate more poverty in Jesus' name. How many of you know poverty is a curse? Amen. How many of you know that poverty is not God's will for any person? How many of you believe things have to change in South Africa? Come on, if you believe it, say amen and give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. So as an educator, you are anointed to bring transformation to the minds of people. We wrote to the government concerning the Bella Bill, Bella Bella, whatever you want to call it, because we don't want our parents in South Africa to lose authority over the education of their children. So although that bill is 98% good, there are some serious concerns in that bill. So we can't all act dumb and deaf all the time. The hate speech bill is a challenge. The spy bill is a challenge. There are many bills that this government wants to pass, which is a challenge. So we need the legal minds to be active, to engage, to advise priests like myself, how to engage and how to oppose things that would take our liberty and our freedom from this country. Everybody has a role to play as an advocate, as a judge, as a lawyer. You are anointed to bring change. If I think of advocate Dan, uh, Daniel Rompai, the role he played before he went to heaven in the legal field, how he wrote up a document together with um, other 
professors and doctors sitting in our church on standing against the regulations imposed on the church during COVID. Sean, one of them. Others in the church that the SACC followed because these were men skilled in their field, at the highest level of their field. I think sometimes people think when we are Christians, we lose our minds. No, God anoints the top. God chooses busy people. But those busy people have to get involved and have to use the anointing God gave them to make South Africa, Africa, our world a better place. The anointing is not just to get a goosebump and to feel better about yourself. The anointing is there to sharpen your mind. The anointing is there to illuminate your mind, to give you the courage and the power to put things together that will push back the forces of darkness. The whole country wrote on the document that were designed by five men in our church. And I honor them. Dr. Sean Cunningham sitting there, Dr. Louis Powell, Professor Keogh, late Dr. Dan Rompai, legal expert, had four, three doctor, doctorates um, studying his next one. So we're talking about people that are not just holy rollers in the aisle, but people that are spiritual, that sit in church every Sunday, that love God, that love the church, that understand that things have to change in South Africa, who understand I have the fire and the purpose and the power to change things in our nation. I can be a significant role player. I am not just part of the crowd, I'm a standout person. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me, He has a purpose for my life. So I'm going to be a reformer at the university. Come on. I'm going to be a reformer at the school. I'm going to be a reformer in education. I'm not going to be one of those silent rollover Christians because I receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon me. Say it again tonight. Say power. One of the things that uh, people will always say, politicians especially, is, is that Christians refuse to engage. So they ask uh, the public to get involved and uh, we are the silent majority, but we are the majority with the power. It's just like Christians refuse to engage in anything other than their own little world. I'm sorry to say it like that. I'm saved, my children are saved, as long as I'm fine and my children are fine, the whole world is going to be fine. You better understand the whole world is not going to be fine because we're living in an ever-changing world and, and we have to be wide awake to what is happening like the sons of Issachar. We cannot just sit in our pews and serve God as a Sunday Christian. We have to understand we are the generation. The church of Jesus is one generation away from failure. We have the baton in our hands. We are anointed at this time. We are appointed. We are the gatekeepers of our world. Are you listening to me loud and clear tonight? We need to go beyond thinking all I have to do is pray and nothing else. Prayer is the starting point, but it's not the finishing point. So when the early church prayed, God anointed them with the Holy Ghost and power. They have Pentecost, fire. Then they took that fire and they changed the world upside down. They had the reputation. The people that are turning the world upside down has come to this place. Not the silent rollover majority. Every nation knows. The world rulers know that to bring change, you only need 3% to radically believe something. Then you need the media, the ungodly media on your side to propagate their agenda. 
because 94% of people will say nothing, will not agree with what is being pushed, but will say nothing. How sad. Because you only need 3% that are radical about their belief to change the belief system of the world, to impose fear, to bring their distorted views and beliefs to the people of this world because they know history have taught us people are like sheep they go along they don't push back they don't fall they they they, they don't stand for their beliefs they just roll over whatever is pushed upon them they roll over i don't get it and it's not about a personality type it's about a belief. It's about a conviction. You are a child of God. You have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You are the light of the world. You are the hope of the world. You have this. Oh, come on, man. You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. So you cannot live this, by the way, careless life that people call Christianity. Yes, God's ambassador, and 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 an ambassador, it it the boots cup. Hey, stand for it. You are God's ambassador. You're not in the CIA, FBI, secret service. You are an ambassador. You are called by God for this time, and God has anointed you for this time. So when 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 things are imposed on the education. You should know I'm anointed to oppose this. I'm anointed to stand for what is right because if good men and women do and say nothing, evil will prevail. So to tip the scale, 3%. Then there is 4% of people that will push back with everything in them. But once you lose the voice of the media, which the world always owns, right? The media. It's not in the hands of Jesus. Sorry for you. They will push their agenda no matter how false it is. They'll push it. It's what they did during COVID. It's what they do with a lot of um, issues all over our world. Suddenly people believe things that 10 years ago, nobody even thought about. Suddenly now it's in our education systems. It's something people believe and people bow to, etc. Why? Because a few, a few. So it works in the negative or the positive. The devil knows he needs a few radical people. God knows he needs a few radical people. A few people that have fire and they will change a city, they will change a nation. A few people that will not compromise like the 12 or 11 disciples of Jesus Christ, amen. Like the early church, 120 people baptized in the Holy Ghost and power who turned the world right side up. Come on, if you are radical about your faith, give the Lord a radical praise just for a moment, come on. So as a politician, you are yet to destroy the yoke of slavery. Not to enrich yourself, the yoke of poverty. The number one goal of this government should be to eradicate poverty. Anything other than that is an abomination because all other social ills come from poverty. Poverty is the most destructive thing a human being can live in. It affects your state of mind. 
It affects your, 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 your self-esteem. It affects every part of you. That's why this, the Bible says, Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the what? The poor. The poor. Because you have to break, break the yoke of slavery over the poor. Because poor people are taught to think a certain way. And the government, unfortunately, continues to feed that certain way by just giving more social grants. And you say, Pastor, should people not get a social grant? Yes, give them a social grant. Do more than that. Give them food. Do more than that. Create a healthy economy where they can be empowered. Do more than that. Educate them. Do more than that. Help them to get out of the place where they are. Stop giving them a fish and help them to fish and create the ponds where they can actually go and fish and make a a living and a a livelihood. Say amen tonight. Come on. So if if you're a politician, you are anointed to destroy poverty. Africa, the wealthiest country and the people are the most, the poorest in the world. How? Because the resources are controlled by a few. Venezuela, the most oil reserves in the world. And it's the country that is the poorest on average. How? How are the Europeans wealthier than anybody else and they have no natural resources? How? So we need righteous governance. We need responsible governance. I know people don't like this, but I'll say it. Because it's time for God to raise up the revolutionaries. Not the unjust revolutionaries, the righteous revolutionaries that will fight not for a political party, but use the vehicle that they are in to bring social justice to the people of South Africa. Listen to me. Jesus was not just a revivalist. He was a reformer. And the church don't get it. They just want to jump, hop, skip in church on a Sunday and the people are staying poor. No. We have more responsibility. The power of God is not limited to have a good time within a building on a Sunday. The power of God is upon us to transform society, to address the moral decay, to push back the forces of darkness and to raise up people for the glory of God. Say Amen in Jesus' name. It's not a political speech, but this is Christianity. I don't know what form of Christianity people follow, but it's not in the Bible what they follow. Because it's like, my name is Jimmy, gimme, gimme, gimme. And it's all about me, my wife, and my children. How low can you go that people's lives are just about themselves and they call themselves Christian? It's not even in the Bible. It's just about me, what I want, my feelings, my wants, my needs. As long as I'm fine and my children are fine, the whole world is fine, not so. And, and, and having said that, if your child is backslidden, stop messing around and bring your child back to church. Get your fire back in your home. Get your fire back. Get the altar burning in your home again. You fight for the next generation. You fight for your children. You fight for your bloodline. Listen, say amen tonight. No longer look the other way. You take a stand for your bloodline and for the future that God gave. I mean, this uh, Christianity that tries to pacify everybody's not in the Word. This Christianity that tries to be popular. It's not biblical. When we stand for God, people will either love us or hate us. When you stand for righteousness, people will love you or hate you. So as a sportsman, I'm glad that uh, Bafana Bafana is in the semi-final. I'm glad. Come on, talk about a miracle. That's the second greatest miracle after salvation. Amen. 
was it Wang Nana Wang Nana? And maybe somebody started playing. Not just Khoying Dolosa. Look, I always have to say something to, to make somebody mad. Because last week I, I talked on whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if I touch your ancestors, some of this, the smoke comes out of your nostrils, out of your ears. It's like your head wants to explode, etc., etc. What's wrong with you? There's one way. I said there's one way. His name is Jesus. He's the truth, the way and the life. I'm not going to back off because I'm peach pink. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we shall be saved but the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But every time I touch your sacred cow, you get mad. It's time to slaughter your sacred cow. Not the way you used to do. I mean slaughter your belief. As a sportsman, having that achievement, standing up and winning the UFC title or the World Cup, we need more than your WW, what would Jesus do? We need more than your upside down cross, Ahamid, your cross. We need you to give God the glory. I said we need you to give God the glory. We need you to tell people I was nobody and not some school gave me a scholarship. Now I'm a somebody. Tell people the true story because I know many of you, you are Christians. I know where you come from. And now you're cutting Jesus out of your testimony. Why will you do that? God gave you that platform for one reason, so you can shine for Him. So you can make His name more famous, not your name. God said, I will bless you. I'll make your name great. I'll do it for you. But you better remember, I'm doing it for you. You continue to make my name great through the business, through the platform, through the ministry, through whatever God gave you. You are there for His glory, right? Say amen in Jesus' name. So you give people hope, not false hope. Anybody can have a dream and see it come to pass. Not so. You can pursue the dream God has in mind for you and God will empower you by the Holy Ghost as you walk in God's plan and purpose for your life. You see, my dear friend, we're all equally important in God's plan. Together, we will fulfill the assignment of Luke 4, 18 and 19, alleviate the pain and suffering in our world. I'll tell you, there is no Christianity that is focused just on you. It starts with you, but it has to flow through you. Everything about God is God loved you. Then God loves through you. The people in your world who are still bound by sin, still suffering with addiction, still in a prison. So the day you receive Jesus Christ, you are born again. Not only born again, you have a divine purpose. You are part of God's assignment. You are an assigned individual in your field of expertise. Now God's called you. God wants to use you. And you have to make sure that your testimony is for the glory of God, meaning your life. That's why I spoke about the robe of righteousness this morning. If you were not here, please go listen to that message. In the world, not of the world. We cannot look like the world, smell like the world, act like the world, and think we're going to share Jesus with our world. We cannot lose ourselves in the journey of life. We are God's ambassadors. We represent the kingdom of heaven. We are anointed by God to be witnesses, martyrs, demonstrators, 
of what Jesus did for us. That's what a witness is. A witness testifies. I was blind, now I see. I was lost, now I'm found. I'm born again, I'm washed in the blood. Say amen in Jesus' name. So we have to understand that we are assigned by God. We are called by God. We are chosen by God. Really, it's, it's, it's the biggest discovery you can ever make. Discovering Jesus Christ and discovering your purpose under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Then when you go to that hospital every day, you have an assignment. You operate with the Holy Ghost. That patient sits there and you diagnose certain things, but you know there are other issues in that person's life and there the gifts of the Spirit begin to operate. That's where God uses you because you are part of Luke 4, 18 and 19 as an advocate. That person sits in front of you as a lawyer. That couple sits in front of you as an architect. That person sits in front of you and somehow in your heart because you are committed to this assignment, the assignment of Jesus Christ, hear me clearly, there cannot and there is not an assignment higher than that. This assignment overshadows every other assignment. We are all submitted to this assignment. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the Gospel to the poor. He has anointed me. I'm anointed by God for this time to reach those mothers at school, to reach my friends at the sports club, to reach my family, my neighbors. This is the assignment to make this world a better place, to use your platform. Daniel says, the mountain of the Lord shall be built upon every other mountain. Mountain referring to a kingdom, place of dominion. Well, of the increase of His kingdom, there shall be no end. God will expand His kingdom through you and me as God promotes you into that place of legal authority. Now you can influence the law of this country as a legal expert, as God promotes you as a businessman. Now you can influence the thinking of politicians to make them understand that if you wanna break the yoke of poverty, you cannot tax people more and more and more. You need to create a friendly tax environment where money can come into this country and where people can create more jobs. Can you say amen today? And where people can actually get employment and dignity can be restored. Come on. That's why as a businessman, you better not have a small dream, a little get by vision. You have to believe that God is gonna bless me. I'm gonna be a wealthy man but not a wealthy man so you can have 10 cars because you can only drive one car at a time. A wealthy man so that you can create jobs for other people. You can help the poor. You can build schools. You can build homes. You can change the world because you're a blessed man, woman of God. Come on, somebody believe in God to be blessed in the area of finances. Jump to your feet and give the Lord a praise as if you are appointed and anointed for business. No, you need to praise God louder than that. Listen, I never went into the ministry believing God I was just going to have a little church of two people. I believe God we can reach tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of people. Not because it's an ego trip, but there are millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people without Jesus. Why should we think small if the need is so great? Why should you think small in business if the need is so great? So enlarge your borders. Lift your eyes. Believe that you are appointed. Believe that you are anointed. And begin to live life as the anointed businessman that God called you 
anointed with common sense, anointed with wisdom, anointed with courage, anointed with strength. Get out there and possess the land in the name of Jesus. Every entrepreneur, businessman say amen in Jesus' name. Come on, let's tell the person next to you, this year you're going higher. No, 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 no. Tell the person this year you are going higher. Say, I'm not for higher. No, I mean, I'm going higher. Why settle for this? I, uh, this businessman, I sat with him. Um, he says to me, um, I mean, he's blessed, okay? He flew to Monaco, sat with, stayed with Prince Albert for a week, and then uh, flew with some people in a private jet from Dubai to another country, and he meets all these people. And he says, Pastor, there's a world out there that people don't even know. And he didn't say disrespectfully, because he's a man of God. His mother raised him. He's a man of God. He's in church. He's unpretentious. You won't even know the man has all the money in the world. Well, if you see his car, you will. But he, he says, there's a world out there. And, and he says, what I don't understand is that I don't meet any Christians that aspire to be there. Now, we're not talking about materialism. We talk about influence. He says, because those people think and talk on a whole nother level. And we want to be like eagles down here and God's called us, our turkeys down here and God's called us to be eagles up there. We want to stay in a chicken coop and talk small. That's why I get frustrated sometimes with people in the ministry that we're anointed and we act like we cannot and we act like we don't have anything and we act like things are difficult. But Jesus said you will receive power. Where's the power? Show me the power. Where's the power? The power. The power that you have. You walk with God, that power will make you. That anointing will make you. Because God placed a river on the inside of you. That power will, 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 will increase you. That power will increase your favor. That power will increase the weight upon your life. People are going to talk about you as a top doctor in your 30s. 40, you're going to get a top post, etc. Why? Because of God's favor upon your life. Because you treasure and you respect the anointing and you walk as the anointed of the Lord. Come on, man. Listen, God wants to take you places. Why should people in the world own everything and people in the church sit and just struggle and just live a get by life? Things have to be different. You have to change your mind about yourself. Change your mind about who you are and begin to walk in the anointing that God has for you. Gone with this old time religion, the poorer, the holier. I know some people hate it when you talk like this, but God never created you to be a nobody and to go nowhere. God created you, Adam, to be fruitful and to multiply. You are anointed as a youth pastor. Listen there in Cape Town. Listen in Durban. You are anointed by God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because He has anointed you. You go walk in the anointing and you will see the anointing will make all the difference in your life. In the name of Jesus, stop thinking down. Stop minimizing yourself. Stop belittling yourself and begin to walk as a man of God, a woman of God. When you walk in that hospital, own it. When you walk into that courtroom, own it. When you walk into that board meeting, own it. I am anointed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Come on! If you believe it, shout amen. And give the Lord a one more praise. Come on. This is not a motion, but we have to convince ourselves of who we are. Anointed, appointed for this time.
So God's anointed you for a purpose. A purpose much bigger and beyond yourself. Therefore, restraint is a requirement. There's a whole lot in that one word. You don't just do what you want, go where you want and and lose yourself at any time. Because you are anointed, you live a life of self-restraint. There's certain things that are a no, no. To do what? To protect the anointing that is on your life. Are you listening? So, so if I work in that hospital and I want to change all those doctors, I can't. What's that thing that some people use? Epithetic or what? No, no. Some anesthetists. Um, no, not morphine. To, to make you high. No, I won't ask the doctors. I spoke the other day. In uh, any case, I hear a lot of things. There's a lot of things happening out there. You know it. The world, the workplace, a lot of things happening out there. We act like, oh no, we don't see anything. Oh no, it's all there. It's everywhere. Legal system, accounting, buildings. It's going on everywhere. Everywhere. And we can't just look the other way. We have been placed there by God to be the salt and the light and we cannot with them and then um, talk to them because we won't because we're not living the anointed life we're living a life of trying to fit in and the question is why where will that take you where it's going to destroy you it's going to take you down it's going to break you down little by little you wonder why your emotions are out of control Maybe you should ask the question, where are your boundaries and your barriers? And where's the self-restraint? Where is the self-restraint in you? Because you understand your purpose. When you understand your purpose, like Paul the Apostle, it was like, I have to go do that. And because I have to go do that, I discipline myself. There's certain things I don't allow myself to do. It's not law. It's not religion. It's just how it is. I want to build a great business. That doesn't happen easy. Except if you inherit a lot of money and then the chances are pretty good. You're gonna, you, you don't understand how your daddy made that money if it's first generational wealth, like my brother who made money. You won't understand what it took him. Starting with black plastic bags and the journey and the agony and the pain and the fights and the court cases and the jealousy and everything. You won't understand. And then, and then that wealth falls into your hands and do you understand what that means, the responsibility that comes with that, that you should take that further, that you should respect that. So I respect successful people, whether they saved or not, because it takes something. Self-discipline. Not successful people that got a government contract quickly and made a lot of money because I was in with that president and in that five years I made so much money that I never have to work again. I understand that political game. It was there in apartheid, it's here today. You're in favor with this person, so you get all the contracts. Now the next one comes, you fall out of favor, now the next person gets all the contracts. I understand all that nonsense. I understand it, that's the world system out there. You are called to live above that. 
Your dependence is upon God. And God has equipped you and God has qualified you that no matter what system is out there in the world, that you will rise to the top and you will be a blessed man. I said you will be a blessed man, a blessed woman of God. Even if you have no education, it doesn't matter. God will educate you. God will lift you up. God will help you go get an education. But one thing you better do is begin to take yourself serious, take your life serious. And I believe you're only gonna do that if you fully understand your assignment in life. Because your assignment in life is what governs you for the rest of your life. If the assignment is to make money, let me pick on the doctors or the professionals, whoever, you watch them, the advocate, 45, 50 years old, he's now made money and now he goes crazy. Because the goal was money, the goal was not purpose. The goal can never be money. Money will always follow purpose. But if the goal is to have money, the money will corrupt you because you're not anchored in purpose. If I have to tell you the things, I know you'll fall out of your chair. Some of people in the highest places, top sportsmen, top in everything, are crazy and do crazy things because they have no purpose. They have fame, they have money, they know how to show up, they know how to dress up, they know how to do everything. The stories I know, which I cannot say because my word, then I'm going to be in serious danger, is it will blow your mind. I've watched people in every level that when they get there, they think it's going to make me happy and it doesn't. It robs them of everything. They begin to fall apart, etc. And I'll tell you why. Because they're not anchored in a purpose. They're not anchored in purpose. They don't understand why am I alive? Like Mark Twain said, the two most important days of your life is the day you are born and the day that you die. Or the day you discover why you are born. I want to say two more days are important. The day you get saved and the day you die. Because the day you die, it's final. There's not a purgatory. There's not a second chance. You're not coming back as a cockroach and you might then come back as your grandmother, it's not happening. You have this one life and what you do with this one life will determine absolutely everything. What anchors your purpose? Purpose. Purpose. You see people waste away without purpose. When you have purpose, you're harnessed. When you have purpose, I'm talking about the purpose of Christ. I'm talking about your, your mission, which is your career, which is your job, which is your profession, which is your calling, your mission in life, vision, God's vision, mission, your assignment within vision, submitted to this assignment. This assignment, Luke 4, and 4, 18 and 19, governs all of us. It doesn't just govern pastors. This governs every believer. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. I'm anointed as a lawyer, I'm anointed as a businessman. When I travel overseas to advise government, I'm anointed. So while I sit on that airplane, I ask God, Father, show me who the person is that I can share the gospel with, who can bring change to that country and to that nation and to that parliament. That's how strategic Jesus was in the early church. Those people lived purpose-driven lives so they understood even though they were persecuted, they never lost their purpose. They never lost their assignment. 
If it's feelings that bring you to church, you will not last. You better hear me. If it's feelings, hype, that keeps you with Jesus, not going to last. It's what Paul discovered on the road to Damascus, and I'm going to close here so we can have a moment in prayer and worship with God. Is, is when he was persecuting the church, and we know this well in Acts chapter 9, and a, a great light shone, and he heard a voice. And he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Interesting that he wasn't persecuting Jesus. He was persecuting the church. People, these bloggers and people that attack Christians must be careful because they're not attacking pastors and they're not attacking Christians. They are attacking the Lord Jesus Christ himself. You be careful what you say about other Christians. Listen to me tonight. Listen. He wasn't going around killing Jesus. He was going around killing Christians. And Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the goats. Because he knew what he did was wrong. He fell to the ground. He wasn't knocked to the ground. He fell to the ground. Humility. He encountered God for the first time. And he said, who are you, Jesus? You need to discover this Jesus for yourself. Not the Jesus of your father. Because I've watched this young people serve God because their parents serve God and the parents expect them. Somewhere you have to lead your children as a parent to have to encounter God for themselves. And I thank God that I was able to do that. That they do not serve God based on my faith. I've shared the journey with some of them. I mean, with Chanel, I chased one of the boyfriends out after a Liverpool kiss. Um, Yeah, Bible says, kiss the brothers. I kissed him. Never to be seen again. <laughs> Say donkey, Marcus. Say donkey. Because my, my church knew. Because then I was only in Bloomingdale. I'm a, I'm a father first. I'm a husband first before I'm a pastor. You touch my wife, I touch you. You touch my children, I break your face. That's it. So, I'm first a man. I'm a man anointed, but I'm not, I, I'm a man. Because he is a man. You rock my family, then rock it you. That's it, clear. Not, you think you can do what you want to with my family because I'm a pastor. No, that's crossing territory that I will never tolerate because I'm a man first. I'll smack, I'll, 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 I'll. That's your Saudis. Don't come and uh, I must forgive you or pray for you, etc. I told the people that dated my children, I said, you don't touch them. If you do, I break your hand. And thank God when I had that conversation with that young man, and he's still saved and still in our church um, in another city. Um, thank God my son was there. Because I said, go fetch him. And I was alone at home, standing outside. And he came. And I was a dad. You understand that? Huh? You super spiritual wing-hidden angel Christians. You think if somebody hijacks my child, I'm going to go pray for them. Huh?
we, we confuse this thing. And I, I'm saying that because in the world that we live, ruthless men ob- obtain their riches. Since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. Violent men take it by force. Forceful men take it by force. Not this little Shandai, Hyundai, tie my bow tie, churchified choir boys. No. Forceful men that stand their ground in the political arena, in the medical arena, in education. And men, I talk about women as well. You don't have to smile all the time. There's a, there, there's a time that you don't smile. There's a time the lion has to come out. Because what is happening is unjust and unrighteous. There's a time you have to stand there and you have to roar over that school, over that city, over that nation, over that arena. Come on. For the sake of the salvation of people, there's a time that you have to wake up and the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah can come, must come out of you. Come on, somebody today, just give a roar. I mean, this passive millimel Christianity, I don't get, never got it. And I thank God I never lost my manliness. I'll say it again, I thank God I never lost my manliness when I gave my life to Jesus. You know, I've never hit anybody since I've been saved. But people knew, don't mess with my calling and don't mess with my family. So, how come you know that the pastor is bekend as the face-swaying pastor? I say, I've never slain. No, I will stand for what is right. I don't say this today and that tomorrow. I'm not today, I'm with you past and tomorrow you gossip about me. You're the kind of person that means nothing. You're the kind of person that will do nothing because you can't stand for anything. There's no loyalty, no spine, no backbone. This world needs the John Wesleys. This world needs the Martin Luther Kings. This world needs the reformers today more than ever. Our world needs reformers, people that walk in the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Come on, say amen. Not people that are now anointed and they they can no longer stand for anything. I mean, some of you stood for things before you got saved. Now you are saved and all you do is sit down. Time to stand up. Stand up in your calling, stand up in your purpose. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. You are anointed for this time. You are appointed for this time in the name of Jesus Christ. This is your hour. Come on, wake up the church. Wake up, mighty men. Wake up, mighty women. It's time for war, Joel chapter 3. Wake up, the mighty men. Wake up, the mighty women. It's time for war. After the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost has come to activate you, to empower you, to ignite you with a fresh passion and a fire. Who are you, Jesus? I am the Christ, the Messiah. Second one, what is it that you want me to do? He says, I will show you what to do. And Paul's life changes in a moment. I pray to God that your life has changed. And if it's not, may it change today. May you follow Jesus with a new passion. May you be that young man that if everybody is afraid, your backbone gets stronger. If everybody is silent, you get louder because you are not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are not a little mouse. You are a lion the Lion of the tribe of Judah.
Judah lives on the inside of you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. And let me say it loud and clear, to hell with the devil and to hell with the devil's forces that are trying to silence you, intimidate you, sideline you. I tell you today, this is your time to arise and shine for the glory of the Lord has come. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because He has anointed you. You have been anointed by God Himself to bring change to your world. Say Amen tonight and give Him a praise like you believe it in Jesus' name. Oh, come on, man. Give Him a praise. Give Him a praise. Give Him a praise. I don't want to say some things that will get me in trouble, but some of you just have to start walking again like, like who God created you to be. Stop shuffling around. Stop living with an identity crisis. Be who God created you to be. Be the man God created you to be. Be the woman God created you to be. And go change the world for Jesus. Come on. Say amen. Go back. Give Him a praise. Do something. This is now your time with God. I'm done. The Holy Ghost is not done. Give Him a praise. Give Him a praise. Give Him a praise. Come on. They're in Portsmouth through a young person. You can change South Africa from Potsdam. Student there in Bloemfontein. Stop allowing everybody else to be the influencer in your life. You set yourself on fire. The fire of the Holy Ghost. And you change your world by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Come on, praise Him, man. Praise Him like you believe it. Praise Him. Praise Him like you are destined. Let the fire of God burn in your belly tonight. Let the fire of God touch your mouth tonight. Let the fire of God touch your feet tonight. Let the fire of God touch your hands tonight. I release the fire of the Holy Ghost that you have received. Come on. Those of you that can pray in the Holy Ghost, stir up that anointing, stir up that gift. Come on. We will be silent no more. We will be timid no more. We have been baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. We have received power in the name of Jesus. You are anointed. 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 You are anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power in the name of Jesus. Come on, pastors. Stop acting like you're not anointed. You are anointed. Come on, businessmen. Stop acting like you're not anointed. You are anointed. Come on, professionals. You are anointed to reclaim the spaces. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. This is now a prayer meeting. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Stir up that gift. Stir up that anointing. Stir up that gift. Stir up that anointing. In this world, not of this world, the world needs on fire people. A cold, low, confused world needs on fire purpose driven people. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Remind yourself tonight, I'm appointed, I'm anointed. I'm not a scary cat. Come on, I'm appointed, I'm anointed. I'm not a sellout. I'm appointed, I'm anointed. I'm the salt and the light. I'm appointed, I'm anointed. I will not live a life of compromise. I'm appointed, I'm anointed. I'm appointed, I'm anointed. I shift the atmosphere. I change the environment. By the power of God, when I walk in, God walks in with me. I'm anointed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. He has anointed me. 
He has anointed me that people who know that God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Carry out great exploits. Great exploits. Come on. Come on, I'm trying to awaken you to your destiny. Come on, young people, pray in the Holy Ghost. It's not fancy talk that will change our universities. It's not fancy talk that will change the young people of South Africa. It's young people that walk in the anointing. Not some super spiritual flaky things, but walk anointed, carry the power of the gospel. Since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent taketh it by force. Time to take back our territory, time to take back places, time to stand for God like never. How, Pastor, how? You will receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Stop acting weak and frail. You are anointed. That means you have the power, power of the Holy Ghost. You have the fire. You have the fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, 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 fire. Baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, 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 fire that cannot be consumed, fire that cannot be doused out, fire, fire of the Holy Ghost. Come on, just a few more moments. Stir up that gift. Pray, 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 pray. Come on, doctors. Come on, lawyers. Come on, engineers. Come on, businessmen. God is the architect of your future. God is going to give you new plans. God is going to show you new wells to dig. There are nets that you have to let down. There are assignments that God has for you. You have the ability. You have the power because you are anointed. You have the ability. You have the power because you have been anointed by God Himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A youth revival will come, come through those who carry the fire. A youth revival will come through those who carry the fire. You don't need fashion, you need passion. A youth revival will come through those who carry the fire. We need our young people to carry the fire. An authentic fire that comes through a radical encounter with Jesus. A fire, a fire, a fire. In the name of Jesus, Father, let your fire burn in the hearts of the young people. Let your fire burn, burn, burn. Burn out the hay, the chop and the stubble. Burn out, burn out, burn out, burn out. Every plan and scheme of the devil. I pray that the fire of the Holy Ghost will burn, 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 burn. Where the flames have grown small, where there are just simmering embers, breathe upon them tonight, Father, and cause those fans to come, those flames to come alive again. Fan those flames by the power and the wind and the breath of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I pray for the fire, the fire, the fire of Jesus in your belly. A fire. A fire. Come on, pray, 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 pray. Forget about your unsafe friends now. Pray, 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 pray. Who are you, Jesus? 
What is it that you want me to do? Who are you, Jesus? What is it that you want me to do? Here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord. Send me. What is it that you want from me, Jesus? Come on, put your hand on your belly just for a moment and pray, 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 pray. Pray, 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 pray. You know, people that stop coming to church, they, they, they miss everything. Pray, pray, pray. This is where God stirs the waters. This is where God stirs the water. The world will try to stir a different water in you. The Holy Ghost is the only one that can stir the right water in you. Come on, pray, 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 pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. This is a spiritual journey. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Pray, 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 pray. Come on, just a few more moments. Pray for your campus, pray for your school. Pray for the youth of South Africa. Pray. 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 That fire is here tonight. That fire is here tonight. And that fire always will take you beyond yourself. Pray, 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 pray. Anointed. Anointed, 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 anointed. Spirit of the Lord God is upon you because He has anointed you, Pastor. Spirit of the Lord God is upon you because He has anointed you, businessman. Spirit of the Lord God is upon you because He has anointed you, doctor. Spirit of the Lord God is upon you because He's anointed you, teenager. You're anointed. You are anointed. Hallelujah. Now listen to me tonight. You'll never discover your assignment in life outside of the person of Jesus Christ. And that's why we can't live this world without introducing, live in this world without introducing people to Jesus. Because what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and in the process loses himself? That man I sat with said to me, Pastor, these people are all lost. They have billions, they have jets, they have yachts. Not a jet, a jumbo. Flying just quickly for a weekend somewhere. But lost. And some of you think if I had that. No. Who are you, Jesus? What is it that you want me to do? When that bush burned to attract Moses' attention, there was a reason for it. God saw the oppression of His people and He needed Moses who had run away from God. And Moses had to find God again. He was at the point where he forgot who God was. And he was living his own life. And he said, who shall I say sent me? The very man that was a Hebrew forgot who his God was. 
that's when we go on the wrong journey. When we forget. When he is not, listen, the main attraction. The main character. The pursuit. I've been a pastor for 37 years and it breaks my heart to see how people start out and then somewhere this Jesus just becomes, okay, let's just treat him, give him an hour on a Sunday, etc. And you see how their lives just change as they drift away from the purpose of God for their lives. He is the Alpha and the Omega. It's not a cliche. And everything in between. He's your breath. He's your life. He is your calling. He is your calling. And the minute you lose sight of Him, you'll focus on something else. And when you lose your purpose, His purpose for your life, you become like a boat adrift in the ocean. No anchor. Any wave that comes along takes you in this direction, that direction. This friend pulls you over there. This one pulls you over there. Things just pull you around. No, no, no. I mean, Paul was a murderer, a persecutor of the church. He meets Jesus Christ. He goes and he waits to hear what he should do. And God speaks to Ananias, who was a disciple. And I love that scripture when the Lord speaks to him and he says, Ananias. I love this. And he says, here I am. Here I am. Every person that God used had that attitude. Yes, Lord. Here I am. What is it that you want me to do? And God says, I've, I want you to go to that house and talk to that person because Saul of Tarsus is there. Now he's having this conversation with the Lord. He says, but I've heard of him. How much damage he's done to your church as if God didn't know. And God says, I've chosen him. He's a chosen vessel. And I'm telling you tonight, you're a chosen vessel, each and every one of you. But you will never fulfill your assignment if Jesus is not the center of it all. Never. Never. You can put your ladder against the wall. You can climb to the top. People can clap for you. You can accumulate your accolades. But one day, my brother and my sister, hear me clearly, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. It's a point for men once to die and then the judgment. There's the greatest reality you will ever face. That we will stand before God one day. And it's not a day we have to fear. 1 John chapter 4 is clear that we do not fear the judgment of God. But we will give account for the lives that we lived, whether it is what He called us to live or whether it is our lives. I don't want to climb to the top of the ladder, get there, get to heaven one day, and God says, you did good, but your ladder was against the wrong wall. This was never my plan for your life. Or He tells me all you did was live for yourself. You never lived for anybody else. You never helped anybody else. You never cared about anybody else. He is our example, right? We imitate Him, and He came to give His life a ransom to many. That means your friends, your relatives, your world, your colleagues, you are God's sent one. It doesn't mean you go Bible bash them. It means you take this Luke 4, 18 and 19 as the overriding scripture in your life. Everything else that you do has to fall under that, be submitted to that, because your calling cannot possibly be higher than your Lord and Savior. Everything is submitted to that one scripture in the church for every believer you have a role to play i want every head bowed every eye closed standing here tonight in all our churches maybe tonight if you died you don't know where you would spend eternity 
Maybe you've lost yourself in this journey. People do. Maybe like the prodigal son, you've left your father's house. I don't know. But tonight you need to come back like Moses did. He was wandering aimlessly in the wilderness for 45 years. Think about it. But God never gave up on him as God will never give up on you. You're standing here tonight. There in Bloemfontein, in Johannesburg. You're not here by accident. Port Elizabeth, Khabarone, Vintuk, Cape Town. Wherever you are tonight, God is knocking at your heart. And He's calling out to you. Saul, Saul, Jonah, Adam, where are you? Time to get right with God. While every head is bowed, people praying. Tonight in this place, you say, Pastor, I need to get right with God. I want to come back to the place I know I should be. I need to get right with God. If that's your desire, quietly, wherever you are, just raise your hand. I want to say a prayer for you quickly. Raise your hand high all over this place. Slip it up. Slip it up. Unashamedly. Raise it up. Raise it up. God bless you. Many hands. Raise it. Raise it. Raise it. Raise it. Thank you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you everywhere. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Forget the people around you. They don't matter. They're not going to stand next to you in heaven one day. You'll stand alone. You'll stand alone one day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And let people pressurize you. You're the, 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 the person that's um, restless. Don't let that person influence you. Last time I was here, but for now, I was here for now. 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 Jy weet, God praat met jou. Jy is moeg om te lewe soos jy lewe. Luister, ek was jong geweest toe ek gered is, toes ek al klaar uitgesondig. Ek het so baie gesondig, ek het genoeg gehad van sonde. I think sometimes people are not sinned up. We have to be finished with sin. We have to finish that chapter. And we have to understand that Jesus is the only way. Nothing out there else is going to fill the void, the vacuum. So one more time, if you've not yet raised your hand and you say, tonight, I'm ready to surrender all. I want to come back to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is you, quietly, wherever you are, just raise your hand quickly. I want to say a prayer now, Jesus' name. Slip it up. Up. Now. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. God bless you at the back over there. God bless you. God bless you at the back. God bless you. Please look at me, all you beautiful people, because you all are beautiful. You all are created beautiful in the image of God. Uh, young people, it's all of you because everybody under the age of 85 is young, okay, in any case. So um, please listen to me. Please listen to me. Until you do not discover your purpose in Christ, you are susceptible. Tell the Lord, I'll, I'll go talk to him just now. I'm playing with you, man. Yes, Lord. I'm just playing with you, okay? Until you do not discover your purpose, you'll be susceptible to every other voice and influence. You'll just float. Fickle. When you discover purpose, and normally you discover purpose and then you discover the place where God uses you to fulfill your, fulfill your purpose, which is the local church. That's just how it is. God doesn't work outside of His church. He works through His church and through His people in the world. But He's building His church. His, His, His church is His base of operation called Zion in the Old Testament. People get confused because they don't know the Bible. 
They must read the Bible and they will see how much God loves the church. He's coming back for His church. The church is called the bride. Now, like I said, don't talk about my wife. Don't talk about His bride. The church is His bride. Don't have a loose mouth. A lot of people say a lot of things about me. I do nothing about it. You touch my daughters, you touch my wife. It's a different story. They can a good back over my head. I'm next to me. Want jy is een van die lafarts, wat achter een computer sit. Jy is die type mens. So ek gee jou nie as die, die, die seconde nie. Maar as jy iets van my vrou sê, of my kinder sê, ander story, dan gaan ek jou kom soek. Verstaan jy? I'm saying that because you, you need to respect the church. The church is the bride, right? How many of you are married? Okay. How many of you like it if people ever go to your wife? Huh? How many of you like it? Do you like it? Do you like it? Huh? Do you like it? Do you like it? Huh? If you, if you accept it, you know what? I'm, I'm talking to the saved now. You're not a man. You're not, you just, I mean, if somebody insults your wife, let's say in a restaurant, and you just walk out and you ignore it in the name of Christianity, what is it? Cake bell. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate that. Your passion, I like it. Is your vrouw. Nou die kerk is sy vrouw. Die kerk is sy bruid. And people have a lot to say. Yak, 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 yak. Careful. Careful. Don't touch his bride. The bride is not perfect like no wife is perfect. Amen, girls? That is such a soft amen. I said, and like no girl is perfect. Amen. So if you think you're going to find a perfect wife as a young guy, oh, sorry. When she comes down the aisle like Jason and Lachey, um, when she came down the aisle, she looked perfect. Dressed in dazzling white, you know, wedding garment, and it looks picture perfect. But I know she's not perfect. And I know Jason is going to discover Let me stay there. So there's no one perfect. Jesus said, In as much as you do it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. A good deed or an evil deed. You touch any child of God, you're touching Jesus. Do you understand that? So when you give your life to Christ, Part of your assignment is to love your brother and your sister. To go look for the prodigal. Not to gossip about the prodigal. To go look for the lost sheep. Not to gossip about the lost sheep. To be the extension of Jesus Christ. To be what? The good Samaritan. That doesn't look the other way. You see, when we receive Jesus, we receive purpose. Salvation, yes. Yes. But with that comes responsibility. 
Freely you receive. Now you need to freely give. My friends, when I sit with them for two, three, four hours, I have to share Jesus with them somewhere, sometime. I have to. What happens if that person dies tonight and you had spent time with them today and you don't know whether that person is right with God? It doesn't help to get all the religious at the grave and say he was a good man. Good doesn't get you to heaven. You must be born again. That's what Jesus said to Nicodemus. He was a righteous Pharisee, a good Pharisee, a sinless Pharisee. Jesus said you must be born again. Amen. This is the year your friends are coming to Christ. All your friends. Say amen. All of them. All of them. All of them. All of them. Pray this prayer with me. Put your hand on your heart tonight. Everybody pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, tonight I give myself back to you. I open my heart and I invite you to take your rightful place in every area of my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Wash me in your blood. Thank you that you paid the price on the cross when you died for my sin so that I could be free. I believe that you rose from the grave and you are alive. So again, publicly tonight, I call on the name of Jesus. Jesus, save me. Hallelujah. I'm free. Amen. Amen. And amen. And amen. That's it. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.